What up, folks, and welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast. Boing, boing, boing. Today, I am so excited to be sitting down with Eric Maziota, a mentor, a life mentor of mine. Uh, maybe that's a strong word for it, but you are someone I admire. Um, I always am fascinated to pick your brain anytime I'm with Diego. I always want to just absorb everything that's coming out of you. And uh, even walking into your house, there's this clean energy that just kind of hovers around you. And I feel like when I talk to you, there's an intensity, but I always feel so at ease. It's really cool. So I, and just your life philosophy, I really admire. So I kind of just want to start out by asking you, if I were to ask who is Eric Maziota, would you, how would you answer that question? Well, before I kind of even go to that place, Zach, you know, thank you for your um, reflection of uh, you know the character of our relationship and how you may consider me to to be a mentor and the energy of the house and and all those nice things that you said. So thank you, I appreciate Absolutely. that. Um, I don't think that you would have had the same experience of me if, let's say, we met when I was mm, twenty six or something like that. Hmm. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a journey, and um, the energy of the house really is about um, my focus on um, on healing. And healing for me is a return to wholeness, mm. which is an interesting sort of dynamic because we already are whole and complete. And yet we don't realize that. And so we have a whole bunch of opinions about ourselves and other folks that sort of get in the way of us having that experience of wholeness. And when you say like there's a different energy or different vibe in the house, for me, that's that sense of wholeness, that sense of vibrancy, that sense of... Um, dynamism, as well as open-heartedness and a sense of clarity. So that's really what um, myself, as well as Diego, who you've known for many years, really try to cultivate here in the house to the best of our ability. Wow. Well, it works. Something's working. Well, cool. Now I've totally forgotten the question you asked yeah, me. Yeah, so you know? I, I asked you to describe Eric Maziota. Who is, who is Eric Maziota? You mentioned that at 26, you would have, I would have got a different answer. Yeah. So... I believe that everybody's um, life journey is to answer the question as to you know who am I really, at really at the deepest level. So, um, you know, who am I? I'm a spiritual being having a um, a physical experience as Eric Masiata. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what the truth of being is, and that's kind of just scratching the surface. It's like opening up the the door to like a bigger room. And I would say I spent a good part of my life living in a smaller room, which was about, well, you know, what do I want? What's going to make me happy? What's going to be fun? What's going to be fulfilling? Um, what are the needs that I need to have fulfilled? What are the desires that are calling most lively, loudly to me? Mm. Um, what would I like to, to have to make my life seem like it's going to be a good time or even fulfilling? And for me, those were from a place of consciousness that was more egocentric. So, you know, all those questions are about uh, comfort and having. Um, and I think those are, those are legitimate things to kind of place one's attention on, right? I mean, I need to work. I need to make some money. I got to pay for the propane in the wintertime here in like uh, Colorado. But there's something even beyond that, which I've been working for the last 20 years to um, discover something that already has existed and already and has always existed, but I just have not been aware of. 
which is kind of like more spiritual dimension of myself. Who am I really? Wow. Yeah, and I'm an energy being. We all are. In between all those atoms and elect inside those atoms, there's electrons and there's the nucleus. What is in between those electrons and the nucleus? Do you know? No, I have no well, idea. Well, guess what? You're in good company. The physicists don't know either. In fact, they're so clueless, they call it dark matter. Or they have some long phrase that includes words like, you know, quantum possibility or something like that. So, you know, at really the uh, at the deepest level, what's in between all those, um, you know, those particles is a field. And that field is a field of energy. And that field of energy is intelligent. It has consciousness. It has awareness. And so we are made out of, you know, the energy of all creation, just kind of, you know, molded and formed in the, in the case of Zach and Eric on planet Earth in Boulder, Colorado this afternoon. Wow. Yeah. But that's not very practical in terms of like, uh, you know, buying broccoli and getting a, and making a trip to Whole Foods <laughs> and doing stuff like that, right? So both are true. So where I'm really landing, Zach, is that I'm a spiritual being. I'm a being of, of energy and potential and connected to everything in any given moment. And I'm also a physical, individuated person that's mm. got a name and a social security number <laughs> and needs and desires, right? You know, mm. that, goes, that goes with the, uh, the party as well. Oh. But I no longer am identified solely as that physical person having this three-dimensional life. Wow. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a, a bigger perspective. And I believe it's important to take care of both. Mm. And I think that's the thing that I've arrived at after all these years, as opposed to some folks who go to a mountaintop and just luxuriate in the expansion of being one with everything in every moment. I think it's a cool thing to do. I've had experiences like that. But I'd rather be the intersection of this material um, beingness as well as the spiritual beingness that interpenetrates that. Wow. Where did you learn? Or, to talk like this? Yeah, to talk like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like how have you discovered these realizations? You know, it's a, it's a fabulous question. I think it started um, for me in dealing with um, heartbreak. So, you know, there was, uh, in my growing up, there were, you know, lots of families don't have the, they have like good things that happen and have things that they wish didn't happen. So there were some things in my family that I wished had not happened. So my family broke apart and there were expectations I had in terms of my role as the oldest child in the family that I was looking forward to fulfilling. And uh, all of a sudden it was, that was not true. And a lot of things that um, I accepted as being uh, part of my role and my value add were no longer in demand. And I found that deeply painful. And so I started really trying to um, discover what about that was difficult and how would I like to live my life in a way where I don't deny what happened, but also come to peace with it because I wasn't in peace. So my desire to drive motorcycles in triple digit speeds on curvy mountain roads, part of it was the thrill and part of it was just sort of, you know, an impulse to be angry about things that, that happened or wish that, I, that had not happened. Mm -hmm. So it really started from that place. And my experience in working with people as, as a coach and a spiritual mentor, a coach in, in the business world, 
is that lots of folks are animated and motivated from a place of, of pain or a sense of incompleteness or a desire to prove themselves, their worthiness or their attractiveness or their inclusiveness in some way. So that's really the thrall of the ego. So that's why I said at age 26, I was, I was in that place. That was me. Were you doing coaching at that point in your life? No, not at all. I worked for a bank. Yeah, I was working for a bank uh, and uh, in the United States, then in Latin America, some different countries. Um, I knew it wasn't my calling, but I didn't know what my calling was. And my desire for financial security and not knowing what I really wanted to do just kind of kept me doing that thing, just kind of kept it rolling. Hmm. But um, there was always something that called to me. It was kind of like an inner, you know, some folks say it was an inner voice. It wasn't an inner voice for me. It wasn't like that at all. It was just kind of a sense of things. It was like, you know, this is not the way I want to live. There's something more. I want to find something that's more permanent, that's more expansive, that makes sense to me. And so that led me to start to... Um, reconcile and come to peace with my past and the relationships from my past that were mm, not reconciled for me. And then from there, it was starting to ask the question, all right, now that that's reconciled, so what about me? Mm. You know, like what is it, what is it within me about me that I need to reconcile? And so that's, uh, that took root. I watered it. I did workshops, I had coaches, I did some, some therapy, I did a wide variety of different things and just kind of kept on cultivating that. And over time, you know, it just took root and started to grow. Wow. And it led to me to quit my corporate banking career at the height of my success. I was a country head, I had a driver, I had a penthouse type apartment. There were rooms that I had never been in. It was all paid for me. And, uh, and I walked away because it just didn't feel quite right. Wow. Yeah. Man. There, the last time we met, there, were, there was a triangle. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you mind help, helping me understand what the triangle was that you were talking about? Because in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think what we talked about last time was, you know, sometimes it's called the, uh, the building blocks of the universe by... by uh, um, a guy by the name of Jose Stevens, um, who runs an organization called The Power Path. Um, or it could be called The Trinity of Being by, uh, by Del Pei, who's a spiritual teacher. Um, but it's all the same thing, is that a lot of folks think that uh, God or creator is like an, an older white guy with a beard. Or maybe they've transcended that and say, well, it's a force, it's an energy that's out there that we can never understand. It's a great mystery is what the Native American people often called um, all of creation. So it can be broken down. It's just not one thing. And so there's, there's three dimensions. One is, um, you know, will in power. So this physical reality just didn't come out of nowhere. It took an it took like, you know, some will, some power, some energy. Think about the sun and its activity. I mean, all that helium and hydrogen and activity, that's, that's power. You know, power tends to get a bad name because we see so much kind of egocentric abuse of power. But it took power to kind of have that big bang happen. So that's an essential part of creation. A second piece of that is 
um, creative intelligence. That there, there took some intelligence to kind of do. It wasn't a random blowing up of stuff and like, well, let's see what the hell is going to happen here, right? At least I don't believe that, that there is some intelligence that's available to us. In fact, it filters down to our sense of intuition. And then there's a third piece. The third piece is love and wisdom. It's as if the substance of the universe, the pixels of light themselves were pixels of love that you're kind of the basis of wisdom. And when they're organized in a particular way, um, it has uh, a sense of intelligence. And when we put that in motion, it has power. So for me, um, in my journey, um, after my corporate career, I kind of got into, um, I got into uh, you know, corporate coaching. You know, how can people be more effective leaders? And so as I started to learn to uh, teach that and serve in that capacity, I actually started to learn more and more about myself. I'd ask questions of folks, they would answer, and I'd go, damn, well, maybe I should think about that too. <laughs> you know, what the heck? And what I found is that folks tend to have more of one of the characteristics than the other. Some folks tend to be more heart-centered. Other folks tend to be more intellectually centered. Other folks tend to be action-oriented. So I would put you in the category, not that I want to pigeonhole you, but you've got a lot of action orientation. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're doing podcasts. Some folks aren't doing anything like this, right? Mm. Yeah. You took an idea and moved it into action. And for me, it's how to integrate those three different dimensions, how to have mental clarity, sense of connectedness, how to have um, wholeheartedness, and then how to really move into action in this three-dimensional world and not be sitting on a mountaintop just kind of arming and being one with all mm. and that being the end point. So how do you recognize when you have found balance? How do you know? Ah, that's an awesome question. Because there's times when we're all in balance, but at what level of development is each one of those components? So we see a lot of folks in, in the scientific world, in the commercial world that are absolutely brilliant, intellectually very powerful, and they have no sense of ethics or morals and do things that are hurtful for people. Um, exhibit A, uh, the whole crisis with opiates in the United States, which was mm -hmm. done for the sake of making a bunch of bucks, paying doctors to make prescriptions that were not required that led to addictions and deaths to people. You know, that took a lot of intelligence to come up with those product development plans and come up with those different variations of those substances. There's a lot of intellect there. But where was the development of the heart, the wisdom, the connectedness with a greater whole to guide us? So, you know, you could have all three in balance, but at what level of development or evolution are all three of those in balance? Hmm. Um, and if you look at the, at the great leaders, the ones that have endured for thousands of years, they're spiritual leaders. If you look at the Buddha, he sat underneath the Bodhi tree and people think it was like this bucolic event. Oh, he's just wandering around one day and he said, oh, wow, that's an awesome Bodhi tree. I think I just rest my weary bones and do a little meditation and see, oh, I'm enlightened. Wow, that's awesome. And it, it doesn't really kind of, it didn't work that way for him. He had actually been searching for so much of his life. He left the comfort of being you know, the son of a, of a king with lots of wealth and comfort and went on a journey to really answer the question, what's really true about this world? Why is there suffering in this world? He, um, he became an ascetic. He didn't eat. He had his begging bowl. 
He, um, he became, you know, he took vows of chastity. He really let go of everything and he still didn't get the answer. Hmm. Till one day in absolute desperation, he sat underneath the tree. And he said, I'm not moving from this spot until I absolutely, you know, have cracked the code. And, uh, and the story is that his willpower, his desire to actually, you know, transcend all that he saw that didn't make sense to him is what fueled his ability to become a great teacher and bring down the teachings of Buddhism. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and it said that demons were visited upon him. So that he scary. had to go through all those things that I refer to in my life, things that I thought should happen but didn't happen, or events that um, I didn't want to have happen did happen. He, he had his own particular experience to have to endure that, and, that, and then come to the other side. That that was willpower. So there's an example of willpower and a sense of open-heartedness to receive whatever is going to happen and one-pointed focus. So there's a level of balance of those three dimensions for him. Take the crucifixion of Christ. I mean, these are two leaders that for thousands of years have influenced millions of people. You know, Christ made a decision. He could have beat the rap, right? All he had to do was a little repudiation and some wordsmithing and he would have been good. Mm. He refused to do that and instead endured the, uh, the crucifixion and all the, um, all the trials that they came from. I mean, uh, it said that he, uh, he said, um, uh, Father, have you, have you forsaken me? Have you forgotten me? I mean, you know, there was a moment of doubt and pain for him, but yet, you know, he was on the same path. There was a one-pointed focus. There was an open-heartedness and there was the willpower to endure what is ever required. Now, thank, I mean, let's be, grateful that we have these teachers to kind of guide us or kind of point in a direction to go so we don't need to go through a lot of misery to oh. um, to really kind of discover our true nature. Do you think willpower and open-heartedness are qualities that you can cultivate, that you can that you can expand on if you don't aren't strong at them right now? Absolutely. I think all three of those qualities of mental clarity, um, being able to see the big picture, being able to focus, um, open-heartedness, to extend love to yourself as well as to others unconditionally, and the willpower to act are absolutely cultivatable. They're in our energy system. Our energy system is set up to hold those three different dimensions. Now, some folks have more of one than the other. So we wanna, we wanna bring them into balance and take them as far as we can. At least that's what I'm choosing to do. Wow. It's not for everybody else though. You know, You could, but then again, you could focus on making a bunch of money and you know, driving a Ferrari and, and having you know, nice vacations uh, somewhere. And I wouldn't judge that at all. It's simply a different path. Hmm. So, when you're, so when you're self-reflecting, when you're evaluating where you are at this moment in time, hmm. are those the dimensions that you're, you're thinking about? Yes, I am thinking about those dimensions. And in the work that I do in um, corporate leadership development, that's what I try to put on the table as well in hmm. ways that are languaged and appropriate and useful in, in that particular environment. Once again, being in the spiritual side of things and being disconnected to the day-to-day -day reality, I don't think is useful. I think we wanna integrate the material and the spiritual. So I, I think about those things. I would say that that's, at this point in my life, integration and balance and being able to draw from either one of those dimensions, depending on what the, 
the thing is I want to do or what I need to respond to is, is kind of where I'm at. Hmm. Eric, there's uh, another podcast done by Tim Ferriss where mm-hmm. he's done hundreds of episodes. And in his mm-hmm. latest episode, he, he located the 10 questions that he thinks are, are most valuable questions to ask someone. So Diego and I, right before this, uh, went and selected three of those. Do you mind if I ask you a few of those? What if I say I do mind? Then I won't ask him. Then we'll end the podcast right here. <laughs> sure. No. no, let's go ahead. Cool. Okay. The first question is, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? Mm. It could be a few words or a paragraph. Sure. Just give me a moment to, to reflect on that. Identify what needs to be let go of or crucified in your life. That is the lower and embrace your higher nature, grow, evolve, and serve. Wow. Well, guys, that's that's a nugget bomb right there. Let that soak in. Is that in. what we call that? A yeah, nugget that's bomb? a nugget bomb. Yeah, sometimes there's <laughs> there's nuggets, there's little nuggets, or there's a huge bomb. I noticed that the millennial generation yeah. has got these kind of words that kind of are a little bit different. Like you know, yeah. it's the shit. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, good. But yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, or it's or, late. <laughs> yeah, it's nugget bomb. Oh, yeah. that that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Like that's sick. Like yeah. that's that means exactly. Cool. Yeah, right. all that's done. All right. So the second question is: In the last five years. What new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Mm. Wow. Mm. I think it's really developing. Um, I think it's really developing my ability to transmit energy, to um, alleviate uh, suffering. Uh, and that includes physical pain or disorder or illness, as well as, um, you know, a, a, a attachment to obsolete ideas and ways of thinking, as well as the pain of sort of emotional things that kind of, you know, stick to people. Hmm. So being able to uh, do that, to assist someone in doing that, to help them do that, I think has been the most significant uh, piece. Wow. Yeah. And because it's all energy, right? You feel sad. There's an energetic signature to sadness. It can be dissolved. If you're angry, there's an energetic signature to anger. It can be dissolved. Yeah. How? Well, that would be a longer workshop that I will mm. invite you to. Yeah, I would. I would love to. <laughs> and the, the the last question that we have for you here is. What advice would you give a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? And what advice should they ignore? Hmm. I, I mean, the, the advice I would give them is, you know, get clear as to what's most important to you. Get absolutely clear what that is. It could be a series of values or virtues or impact you want to create in the world. It could be some very concrete things that you'd like to have happen but really kind of go within and discover what is it that's most important to you. Mm. I would say that that's the place to start. And there's practices we can do to kind of, you know, help us do that. You can get a list of values, pick your top five values. When I do that, folks, I can, can't get it down to five. I said, do it, get it down to five. That doesn't mean you don't embrace the rest <laughs> of them, get it down to five. Now map out your life history. What have been the high points? What have been the low points? 
Why did you choose those as high points? Why did you choose those as low points? What's that say? What would your friend say about you that's your greatest gift? Hmm. Now take all that data, that information and crunch it. And what's it say about what's most important to you? Now go out there and make sure whatever you do in terms of a vocation or where you um, deploy your energy is aligned with that. Because if you do that, you cannot fail. It is impossible to fail. You cannot miss the boat if you do that. Hmm. Um, The thing to to ignore, (laughs) ignore the lure of the shallow and superficial trappings of success that we so venerate being famous, being comfortable, having things that really at the end of our lives will not really see as being meaningful. So get clear about what are the things that call to you but really are not meaningful hmm. and put them in proper perspective You know, in your life. I would say that would be the, the antidote to being told to make sure that you go as far and as fast with the most handsome, a more charismatic individual you can get and, you know, be a winner. Oh. Well, Eric, is there anything else that you would like to bring on the podcast today? Yes. As a matter of fact, I just want to say how much I admire um, you for doing this body of work, um, how much I admire Diego also for being in this conversation uh, with you. For me, when I take a look at all the challenges that we're going through right now in the world, Um, I see it as the transition from adolescence to young adulthood. And, you know, when we're in adolescence, we got, you know, we've got all sorts of drama and trauma going on, right? I mean, in group, the out group, we've got pimples, we're wrecking cars, you know, we're, you know, probably having more to drink than we should have, all that sort of stuff, right? So I really feel that this is a point where as a um, humanity is going to that transition, and, and when I see uh, you know, yourself and Diego actually being in this kind of a conversation, I really think that, the, that um, humanity will be accelerating in its own evolution. And when I see things happen like uh, um, a conversation about racism and a conversation about how much focus do we put on health compared to um, economic growth, these are the conversations that we need to have. It's... The problem is not having the conversation. The problem is not the problems. The problem is the failure to have the conversation. So I am I'm thrilled to be invited to be part of this conversation with you. And I, I wish you love, Godspeed. And if I can be helpful, just let me know. Wow. Thank you so much, Eric. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, for all you listeners out there, this has been a nugget tsunami. Might be the first big splash that we've had all year. And uh, to Eric... Love you, man, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful evening. For you listeners out there, if you enjoyed the content, make sure to follow us and follow along next week for your next dose of Nugget Wisdom. Have a good night. Love you too, Zach. Take care. <laughs>